to moderate the session. She is the secretary of KSRI, Kupuswami Research Institute, Mailapur, Chennai. Please take the chair. This session is uh, dedicated to the topic of uh, rare books and rare exponents of Advaita Vedanta. And uh, we are able to see that the audience here is not very big because it is such a topic, uh, rare books and uh, rare exponents. Not the common audience are interested in uh, such topic. And you can see that majority of the paper presenters here have come from an institute to which India in particular and uh, the world in general is indebted. They have dedicated their institute, their lives for researching very rare books of Advaita Vedanta, very rare books of Indic knowledge systems in general. They have brought out books like uh, uh, Ganita Shastra, in, even in Navi, they have brought out ancient Indian Navi books. They have, uh, one of them has brought out a book on ancient Indian accountancy and auditing uh, also. Uh, and they have a huge collection of manuscripts uh, in their institute. Majority of the participants have come from that institute. Dr. Sita Sundaram is a senior uh, researcher and uh, leader of that institute. She will take the chair and conduct the session. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Dr. Nagaraj. I'm uh, Dr. Sita Sundaram, Secretary of the Kupsam Shastri Research Institute. I myself uh, got a doctorate in Sanskrit, in ancient Indian mathematics. So I have uh, my uh, doctoral thesis was on uh, a study on Bija Pallava, a commentary of Bhaskaracharya's Bijaganita. Now today, this session is on rare books and rare exponents of Advaita. And the first speaker will be Dr. Yamuna, Yamuna Devi. Uh, she's assistant professor in the Kupsham Shastri Research Institute. And uh, she will uh, give uh, an idea of rare manuscripts, unpublished manuscripts. Uh, she will give you the details. From uh, GOML Chennai, uh, Tanjavur Library, yes. and all the three, Adair Library. Adair Library. Okay. Introduce yourself also. Shruti Smriti Purana Nam Alayam Karunalayam Namami Bhagavat Padam Shankaram Loka Shankaram. Some unpublished Advaita texts in Tamil Nadu, which are unpublished. So here, so. Uh, when I was asked to take up this topic, I was really lost because how do I find this? It was like searching for pearls in the ocean. That was how I felt when I started. But when I started the journey, it was really very, very interesting. And uh, some of the manuscripts which I have uh, seen and uh, verified through the catalogs and uh, 
the descriptive ma manuscripts catalog have been presented here. Yes. So every university, we know that uh, manuscripts are our treasures and uh, our uh, libraries and state universities have taken great care in uh, preserving this, though some of them are uh, not well maintained, but still care has been taken by some of the libraries to preserve these manuscripts. And uh, each manuscript uh, library has given a descriptive catalog and uh, triennial catalogs are found of every library. Uh, importantly, three libraries are available uh, in uh, Tamil Nadu. One is the uh, Government Oriental Manuscript Library at Chennai, uh, Madras University, and uh, uh, that is now shifted near uh, to the Anna Library. And uh, the second one is the Tanjavur uh, Sarfoji uh, Saraswati Mahal Library, which is in uh, Tanjur district and the third one is Adayar library which is in the Chennai districts. All three have the descriptive catalogs and uh, when we go through this uh, and more importantly uh, Dr. Tangaswami Sharma has given a very detailed bibliographical work on the Advaita works. So with uh, the help of his book also I have uh, chosen the manuscripts which are given as unpublished and I have tried to verify if they are published over these hundred years after uh, what he has published. So in those, it is surprising to see that very few were published after uh, the mention given in uh, Tangaswami Sharma's book, many books, uh, many manuscripts he has mentioned as unpublished and still they are uh, lying in the libraries to be studied. So that was what I found in the study. And the history of Advaita begins with Dakshinamurti and his four disciples we know. And the teaching is very crisp as uh, given in this verse, Mauna Vyakya Prakatita Brahma Tattvam Yuvanam. The teacher and the disciples were both unique and adept to have realized the Brahman thus. But for this, But for others, this had to be put in words. And the Upanishads, Brahma Sutras and Bhagavad Gita forming the Prasthanatraya are foundation not only for Advaita, but for every school of philosophy. Apart from the above three, the Advaita school also has the Vada Granthas, Anubhava Granthas and the Literary Granthas. So with these in mind, uh, the commentaries and on Upanishads and Brahma Sutras which are yet to be studied are Ramatapin Upanishad Vyakya of Vishveshwara and Bhatta Mudgala Suri. So the manuscript details I have given here, MD is um, descriptive catalog of uh, Madras GOML and number of sheets, uh, usually the descriptive catalog gives you which material the manuscript is, whether it is in palm leaf or paper leaf, paper manuscript, number of lines on each page, number of folios, all these details are given in the descriptive uh, catalog and I have just noted here for your convenience. So the commentary of the first part is by Vishveshwara and the second part is Bhattamudgala Suri. The work ends with the fourth Khandika and there is no commentary on the fifth Khandika. So this is an incomplete work. The next work is Ramatapin Upanishad Vyakya which is called Padayojika and the author is Ramayati. The, uh, the colophon gives the details. Um, Shri Ra Paramahamsa Parivrajakacharya Shri Govindananda Saraswati Yati 
भगवत पूज्य पाद शिष्य श्री नाम विरचित उपनिषद पदयोजनायां पूर्व पातिनीय सामप्तम सो दिस इज दि इंफर्मेशन विच वी गेट फ्रम दि कोलफोन दि ब्रह्मसूत्र भाष्य व्याख्या विच इज कॉल दि विद्याश्री इज रिटन बै ज्ञानोत्तर भट्टारक सो द कमेंट्री ऑन शंकराचार्य ब्रह्मसूत्र भाष्य दि ऑथर इज डिसपल आफ जगन्नाथ द मैनस्क्रिप्ट कंटेन्स दि ला टिल दि लास्ट सूत्र ऑफ फोर्थ पाद ऑफ दि सैकेंड अध्याय टू द एंड ऑफ ट्वेंटी फिफ्थ सूत्र ऑफ दि सैकेंड पाद ऑफ दि थर्ड अध्याय दिस वर्क इज आलो नाट कंप्लीटली अवेलेबल देन वी हेव भाष्य भाव प्रकाशिका ऑफ चित्सुखाचार्य This is a paper manuscript, and the beginning uh, there are uh, various benedictions to Nrsimha, Vyasa, Shankara, and others. Uh, importantly, he says, "Sampradaya vidamurti sankalai abidhiyate munina chitsukha kena bhashya bhava prakashika." So he has consulted many various works of his predecessors and written this commentary. and there is another manuscript uh, mt3020 so the first manuscript is incomplete and the second first manuscript only has till adhyasa bhashya and there is another manuscript number mt3020 which contains the further portion and uh, uh, this uh, these two manuscripts have to be studied to uh, go through the work next is sutra bhashya vyakhya subodhini vyakhya of shivanarayana ananda teertha so this commentary on pancha panchikarana vartika of sureshwara acharya the famous vartikakar on brahma sutras uh, this is very interesting uh, the beginning is like ramo rajamani all the karaka words are used here rama sevyo bhaje rama maham ramena rakshitah ramayastu namo ramat jagat ए अनेकदा रामस्य तो वशे रामे व्यवस्थित हे राम रक्षमा नित्यम तवास्मी जगत्पते एंड हि गिव्स एट दि एंड इन द कलफोन हि से श्री शिवरामानंदतीर्थपूज्यद शिष्य शिवनारायणतीर्थकृत पंचीकरण वार्तिक विवरणदीपिका सामप्त सो हिस् गुरूज नेम इज आलो मेन्शन Next is the Advaita Sutra Upanyasa by an unknown author, and this work is also known by other names, Vyasaikya Sutra or Vyasa Sutra Deepika. And uh, the beginning of this uh, work is Sri Ramacharana Dwandvam Mahadananda Sadhanam Namami Yadrajo Yogaatu Pashano Pi Sukham Gataha. And the same in the same name, there is another manuscript available in the GOML. and the author of this work is said to be rameshwara bharati who belongs to 14th century ad who was a disciple of ananda bharati who was in turn the disciple of vidya shankara so it is believed that this shankara was popular as vidya shankara and if he is taken if this vidya shankara is the pontiff of the shringeri matha then the time would be 14th century ad the beginning is different from the previous manuscript mentioned bodananda ganadhyaksham talamushika vahanam janmaadi vignahantaram bhaje nijagurum sada so from the kalafon it is understood that the work is also called vyasikya sutropanyasa so only a study of these two manuscripts will bring to light if it is a single work 
or if it, uh, these are two different works. Next we have the Advaita Kamadhenu by Uma Maheshwara. This work is a commentary on Brahma Sutra following the line of Shankara's commentary. Author is Uma Maheshwara who belongs to the Velala family. He is also the author of another Advaita text named Tattvachandrika wherein he says that he was the disciple of Appaya Shastrin. He is also said to be the pupil of Nrasimhashrami, the guru of Dharma Rajadvarin. Sevyatam Sutra the colophon says Sevyatam Sutra Tatparya Sudharasa Pipasubihi. Iti Shri Velala Kula Sambhavena Uma Maheshwarena Virachitam Idam. And the next work is Anubhava Vedanta Prakarana, which belongs to the Anubhava uh, kind of uh, uh, um, Prakarana Grantha, which is attributed to Hastamala Kacharya. It is a very short work. It has only three pages with seven lines on each page. And from the colophon, uh, we come to know it is written by Hastamala Kacharya. It has to be verified. Uh, as far as our uh, teachers told me, uh, there is no work written by Hastamalaka. He was uh, a jnani and uh, he never wrote any work, but the manuscript in the colophon mentions that Hastamalaka is the author. Hastamalaka Acharya Virichitam Anubhava Vedanta Prakaranam Samaptam. So that is from the colophon we understand. Next we have the Pancha Brahma Maha, uh, uh, sorry, Pancha Brahma uh, Brahmakya. Vivaranam of Leelananda. So this work is an extract from Taraka Brahma Mantra and this is uh, mentioned in the Kalafon, Sri Ramataraka Brahma Mantra Granthabhyantare Pancha Brahmakya Vivaranam Sampurnam. So the work, name of the work is got from the Kalafon. And Namaskritvata, in the beginning he says, Atmanandan Atha Gurave Bodharupine Namaskritvata Vakshyami Pancha Brahma Vivaranam Brahma, Vishnuscha, Rudrascha, Ishwarascha, Sadashivaha, Panchadevata, Vikyata, Panchabrahma, Swarupavan. So this is the beginning and he um, wants to explain all these concepts in this work. The next work is Jnana, uh, sorry, Jnana Taravali of Chidrupananda Tirtha. This is a collection of some original verses on the identity of the individual soul and the supreme soul. The author of the work is Chidrupanandanatha, also known as Sri Deshika or Varanarasimha. Uh, the benedictory verse Atmanyapi Pashya Swam Twad, uh, twad Abhinnatve Drishyate Sarvam Yadasi Twam Asti Sarvam na, Sarvam Nasi Yada Twam Tadeva Tad Abhavaha. So he is given a beautiful uh, uh, gist of what he is going to speak in the work. And the next work is Khandana uh, Khandakhadya Tika or the Tika is called Khandana Mandanam. This work by Varada, this is a work by Varada Pandita who is a pupil of Vidyanatha Pujyapada. This commentary is on Khandakhandakadhya of Sri Harsha. This manuscript from Shabda uh, Pramana, this manuscript has a portion only from Shabda Pramana Khanda of the first Paricheda to the end of the second Paricheda. There is another manuscript of the same name which is available in the Adayar library also. And uh, 
the ma this manuscript contains from Khanda Yukti of the first Parichcheda up to the fourth Parichcheda. So again, the two manuscripts have to be studied to know if it is a same work or different one. Again, the next work is Tatvaveka Deepana Vyakya by Annambatta. This is the famous Annambatta who has written the Tarka Sangraha. And uh, this is a commentary on the Tatvaveka Deepana of Nrsimhashrama. And the next work is Asangata. Asangatma Vivaranam of an unknown author. And many, uh, this is mainly composed to show that the soul is different from the mind and the intellect and all other functions of consciousness and that the Atman forms their foundation and support. This work is, found, uh, in, is complete, it is a complete uh, manuscript. And the next one is Ananda Deepa Tika of Vishuddha Drishti, uh, the, the, uh, Tika is called Vishuddha Drishti and uh, gloss is written by Ramanatha. Uh, on the Ananda Deepa of Shivananda Yati. This is mentioned in the color phone. Srimat Paramahamsa Parivrajaka Acharya, Srimat Shivananda Yati Pujya Pada Shishya, Srimat Ramanatha Vidusha Virachitayam Ananda Deepa Tikayam. So that is uh, the work and the name is available from the color phone again. And the work is complete in two adhyayas. The gloss is very terse with long compounds like that of Bana's Kadambari as seen, seen here. Athakila Paramakripalo Asmachri Guru Charanadara Nairantarya Aneka Kala Sevita Shastrokta Lakshana Lakshita Shri Guru Charana Charana Padma Paricharya Parishramana Pariprapta Ashesha Shastra Rahasya Shravana Manana Nididhyasana Samadhya Anushthana Prapta Nityadvitiya Niratishaya Paramananda and it goes on. So even from the sample we can see it is like that of Banasra Kadambari. And the next work is Drikdrishya Viveka which is very common but it is with a commentary. This manuscript has a commentary which is still not published and it is available in two manuscripts. The numbers and the details are given there. From the colophon of the first manuscript it is known that the commentary is called as Vyakya Sudha written by Adi Shankaracharya. Again, it is Srimat Paramahamsa Parivrajakacharya Govinda Bhagavatpada Pujya Shishya Srimat Shankaracharya Krita Vyakya Sudhatika. So, it is. Uh, the next one is, the gist of the work is capsuled again in the beginning of the commentary as follows. Drishyam Sarvatmana Syad Drig, uh, drig Eva Atma Avikarini Atman, Atma, Anatma, Vivekoyam, Kathito, Grantha, Koti, Bihi. So, the, it is capsuled in the first here. And it is said that whatever is seen by the senses is Anatma and this here is Atma. Thus, the title of the work is also justified and explained. The second manuscript also deals with the same subject, but the uh, work is incomplete. Uh, the beginning and the end of the two manuscripts differ and hence again uh, we'll have to study to know more about them. Then the Bedhadi Karana. Bedhadi Karaha of Nrsimhashrama who was a disciple of Jagannath Ashrama. Uh, this work is a refutation of the dualistic view of the universe held by the Nyayayika and other schools as mentioned at the end of the work. Next is Nigamanartha Chandrika of Narayana Ashrami. It, this work is available in uh, Adair Library uh, manuscript. 
This Prakarana Grantha is a brief work dealing with the principles of Advaita Vedanta as taught in the Upanishads. The author is the disciple of famous Nrsimhashrama, the author of Tattva Viveka. His other works are Advaita Deepika Vivarana, Vedadikara uh, Satkriya and Advaita Siddhanta Sangraha, which all these are said to be published. And the author states at the outset that the text is for beginners and hence the style of the text is also very simple. Vedanta Vanasanchari Neelachala Guhashayam Jyorajate Natvashishanga Kriyate Balabodhaya Nigamantartha Chandrika. So it is for uh, the beginners. And then we have Atma Tattva Prakashika or Atma Pariksha it is also called. It is in eight adhyayas discussing the meaning of the word Aham and the analysis of the concept of Akhanda. The author of this work is Bhaskara Dikshita of Harita Gotra, son of Uma Maheshwara, the disciple of Nisimashrama Yogi, author of Tattva Viveka. One Uma Maheshwara is the author of two Vedanta works Advaita Kamadhenu and Tattva Chandrika. If it is the same author, then uh, his father, he says he was the disciple of Nisimashrama Yogi, a contemporary of Dharma uh, Raja, uh, Dharma Raja Advarin. And he is said to have flourished in 17th century AD. And the author belonged to Kondreri Rajapuram of Tanjavur district. Kaveri Snana Samshuddhan Veda Vedanga Paragan Dramidana Anvaham Vande Shiva Bhakti Parayanam. So this gives that he was from the Kaveri Delta. And Purushartha Ratnakara by Purushottamatirtha Muni. This work is in 15 Tarangas. Uh, only this de detail is available from uh, the Kalafone and the other. There is another work in the same name, uh, but the content is different. This, the author is Ranganatha Surin, who is said to belong to Atre Gotra, and uh, his native place is mentioned as uh, Cholakanallur, which is on the banks of river Kaveri near Srirangam, and he is said to be the disciple of Krishnananda Yati. Uh, the work, it, has, it is said, has 15 chapters and the names of the chapters are given here. Next portion is the Kavyas available in the Advaita uh, schools like the Shastra Kavyas. These Kavyas deal with the concept of Advaita. Uh, so this Jnana Vilasa Kavya by Jagannatha is an allegorical Kavya in eight Adhyayas explaining the greatness of Vedhantic ideals. Jagannatha is uh, the author of this work is said to be the son of Akka and Narayana. The last title page mentions that Dunti Raja, the famous commentator on Mudra Rakshata, Mudra Rakshasa who flourished during the reign of Shahaji as one who sent this work from Kashi. And some interesting verses from the beginning of the work describes Kashi. Varanasiva Yasakshat Mukti Kshetra Manuttamam Yad Ashritanam Vijnana Labhan Muktir Asamshayam Swakarma Nirmalam Swakarma Nirmalanushthana Nirataihi Kvachita Adishthita Kvachit Shaivaihi Kvapi Bhagavataihi Payam Payam Bhagavato Nirapayam Kathamrutam Pragayantaschan Rutyanti Asyam Sardrahrudojanaha So the Kavya is very simple, this can also be taken up for a study. And then is Jnanaankura Champo of Kaipala Lakshmi and Rasimha. 
it is an interesting champu work in a simple style it describes the instance in the life of king uh, uh, superwakshonisha by means of which he and his sons obtained the knowledge of advaita vedanta the author of this work is kaipal lakshmin rasimha belonging to the kaundinya gotra and a sample of the text is given here the champu is very interesting when we see the extracts then we have purna purushartha chandrodaya which is an allegorical play we have a paper separately on allegorical plays so my friend will be dealing with it one more i just want to share is about the various commentaries which is available on prabodha chandrodaya which is a very famous advaita nataka allegorical play this play has many commentaries and uh, from tamil nadu again three commentaries are still to be studied which are there in the library and the details are given here so these can be published and uh, there is one more mukti parinaya nataka of sundara deva which will also be dealt with later i just conclude saying the words as given by neelakantha dikshita कति कृतय कति कवय कति लुप्ता कति चरती कति शिथिला सो वी स्टिल डू नाट नो एज टू हाउ मेनी वर्कस आर लॉस टू अस बट अटलीस्ट दि अवेलेबल वर्कस ई नो इट इस वेरी डिफिकल्ट बट स्टिल वील हेव टू स्टडी दीज मैनुस्क्रिप्ट एंड ब्रिंग दम टू लाइट देर आर स्टिल मेनी थिंग्स अब्सिक्यूर अबउट दि मैनुस्क्रिप्ट बिकॉज द सेम नेम इज गिवन टू मेनी वर्कस Uh, by different uh, authors so all these will have to be studied and uh, uh, brought to light of the scholars thank you for giving this opportunity i thank advaya indic academy as well as the chinmaya university thank you sir namaskar though it's not directly related to manuscripts so uh, you had mentioned about a, a text called pancha brahmakya vivarana and you uh, also quoted a uh, verse from that so there are the five kinds of brahma uh, rudra brahma vishnu etc so what uh, is pancha brahma actually an advaitic concept uh, from the point of view of pure vedanta or is it uh, borrowed from uh, the rituals or from the tantras because uh, as long uh, as far as i know i have seen it in connection with tantra pancha brahma is a very common occurrence in many tantra she has include she has brought it under the vedantic advaita vedanta manuscripts so i just this classification actually is given by tangaswami sharma he has brought it under advaita text and this text has to be studied to know what he is giving whether it is relating to advaita or tantra only if, uh, we study the manuscript integral whatever it is we will have to study the manuscript for more details we'll have to contact the library in charge write to them uh, as far as gen goml uh, is concerned sir uh, we are allowed to go and uh, take the manuscripts they help us uh, ade are also they help us but tanjavur i am not very sure we can write to them and they will surely help us curator will give us shri gurubhyo namaha 
I have taken a text which was published by the Kupsam Shastri Research Institute. The term Vedanta denotes the end portion of Veda in general and in ordinary parlance it refers to different systems of philosophy like Advaita, Visishta Advaita, Advaita and so on. The concepts of Advaita are traceable as early as in the Vedas, but it was Shankara who established Advaita system in Fern Foundation and developed it. Two schools emerged from his writing, the Bhamati school of Vachaspati Mishra and the Vivarana school of Prakashatma. Despite their conflicting views with regard to certain concepts, the two schools are one in emphasizing the central doctrine, that is, the dual nature Brahman. The preceptors of Advaita who came after Shankara wrote systematic manuals known as Prakaranas, which present the essentials of Advaita in a well-defined manner. Tatvanusandhanam of Mahadevananda Saraswati, with his auto-commentary, Advaita Chinta Kaustuba, is one such manual. manual. Mahadeva was the disciple of Swayam Prakasha. He seems to have been He seems to have been a sannyasin, as evinced from the colophon of a manuscript of Tatvanu Sandana Vyakhyana, which refers to him as Munivarya Chudamani. According to some internal evidences, Mahadeva said to, can he be said to have flourished during the latter half of the 17th century. He is said to have written more than 10 works, both short treatises as well as commentaries on Advaita, Nyaya and Sankhya works. The number of publications the text Tatvanusandana alone has undergone, including those in Telugu, Tamil and Hindi, vouches for the popularity of the text. The first two chapters of Tatvanusandhanam were edited and translated by Professor Shankari. Further work had to be stopped due to her untimely demise. The papers were handed over to the Kupusami Shastri Research Institute and Dr. T. V. Vasudeva and Dr. K. Srinivasan completed the edition with the papers left behind by Professor Shankari and also collating with other manuscripts. Mahadeva's style is simple and easy to understand. He quotes from several texts on Advaita like Bhagavad Gita, Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, Yoga Vasishta and so on to substantiate his views on his auto-commentary. This paper is only an introduction to the very popular text Tatvanusandana. It's a small treatise in four chapters named Parichedas. It's essentially a primer dealing with the main concepts of Advaita system in a very simple style. In the invocatory verses, the author pays obeisance to his guru, Sri Swayam Prakasha, and to Brahman, which is identified with his Ishtadevata, Krishna. The chapter itself starts with a discussion on the Mahavakya, Tattvamasi. Maya and Ajnana are introduced. Ajnana is indeterminable as real or unreal, and is twofold as Maya and Avidya. It is spoken of as Maya when it is predominant in its power of projection, Vikshepa Shakti, 
and avidya when it is predominant in its power of concealment avarana shakti ishvara jiva and jagat are but appearances of the supreme brahman the diversification if any is due to agnana the subtle body has 17 constituents namely the five karmendriyas the five jnanendriyas mind intellect and the five vital lives pranas the subtle body in association with ignorance desire and actions is called puryashtaka the eight factored body action or karma is threefold sanchita that which has been performed agami which could be performed in future and prarabdha is that which has given forth the present body he then goes on to describe the gross body from the quintuplicated elements arise the brahmanda or cosmic egg and from the brahmanda comes the flora the food and then the gross body the supreme self with maya alone as the limiting factor is known as ishvara and by meditating upon him there ensues the result of attaining him those who are possessed of the fourfold aid but are not capable of entering into vedantic study ascertain the nature of brahman from the preceptor this is through meditation of the attributeless reality which is free from all limiting factors lord krishna says in the gita omite kaksharam brahma vyaharan maam anusmaran yap prayati tajandeham sayati paramam gatim uttering the syllable om which is the brahman and thinking of me he who departs leaving his body attains the highest goal ishvara jiva and jagat are only appearances of a single transcendent entity called brahman and a seeming diversification is due to agnana ishvara is the consciousness associated with maya he is the efficient cause of the world associated with agnana from ishvara the five elements namely ether air fire water and earth come into existence thus the dot author describes the tatastha lakshana the causality of the creation of the universe of brahman associated with maya as the primary meaning of the term tat in tatvamasi this is called adhyaropa or superimposition next comes negation or apavada of adhyaropa apavada means the ascertainment that what appears due to error in a particular substratum is nothing but the substratum itself for example when we ascertain that silver which appears in shell is not different from shell we are negating silver thus by the process of adhyaropa and subsequent negation the concepts of tat and tvam are clarified in the statement tatvamasi there is coordinate relationship samanadikarana bhava there is little relationship of the substance visheshya with the attribute visheshana and also the relation between the implied lakshya and the implying lakshana thus from statements like tatvamasi there results the removal of avidya and subsequently the attainment of ananda in the second chapter the dot the author dwells on the three upayas sanyasa and abhava the author defines the three upayas shravana manana and nididhyasana through their agency rises the knowledge i am brahman shravana is the ascertainment of the final purport of the upanishad manana is the reflection of the purport known through study with the aid of reasoning and nididhyasana is the continuation of profound meditation on the non-dual brahman when one possesses the required four qualification as sadhana chatushtaya 
namely discrimination between transient and eternal absence of desire control of mind the senses etc and desire for liberation he one person is competent to become a sanyasi sanyasa or ascetism is fourfold askutichaka bahudaka hamsa and paramahamsa this difference is due to difference in detachment the conduct of the first three types is mentioned in the smriti text the paramahamsa order of sanyasa is twofold avividha sanyasa and vidvat sanyasa vividha sanyasa is is the adoption of ascetic mode of life with a view to attain knowledge of the self by one who possesses the traits of tivratara vairagya and mumukshutva vidvat sanyasa is renunciation by householders and others who have attained the direct knowledge of the self by vedantic study this helps them to rest their mind in the state of jivan mukti and prevents it from getting distracted by the duties of the householder the authority for the karma tyagatmaka sanyasa is the oft quoted oft repeated scriptural text na karmana na prajayadenene tyageneke amrutatvaman ashuhu not by action or by progeny but by renunciation only have they attained immortality a householder who is detached can take to this model of sanyasa women too are eligible for this type of asceticism examples are janaka maitreyi and the like abhava or non existence is of four kinds pragabhava is the absence of effect prior to its creation in its cause for example the absence of pot in clay pradvamsa bhava is the essence of the already originated effect in its cause the absence of pot after striking it with a club three atyanta bhava that which does not coexist along with it correlate absence of pot in floor floor four anyonya bhava is the non existence that coexists with the counter correlate difference of pot from floor all these kinds of bhava are non eternal thus the author elucidates abhava prama or valid cognition of non existence in the third chapter the author talks about aprama or invalid knowledge removal of pratibandhas or obstacles to true knowledge and the prominent karmas namely prarabdha sanchita and agami knowledge is the knowledge that is other than valid is non valid knowledge or aprama this together with prama or valid knowledge constitutes the obstacles or pratibandhas therefore aprama as well as the method of overcoming the obstacles need to be known aprama is of two types smriti memory and anubhuti experience smriti itself is memory or knowledge born of residual impressions under this we have yatartha smriti which can be divided again into anatma smriti anatma smriti memory of non self and atma smriti memory of self atma smriti is contemplating on vakya such as tatvamasi anubhuti is experience which is knowledge different from memory aitartha anubhuti is twofold as samshaya doubtful and nischaya definite doubt can be in the source of instrument of knowledge this can be removed by shravana according to the author shravana becomes complete by reading the first chapter of shariraka doubts regarding one's self can be many and varied is the soul different from the body is he of the nature of bliss or not there are so many doubts all these doubts decide by manana in the form of tarka 
This manana can be achieved by the study of the second chapter of Shariraka. While discussing about Nishtaya, the author makes the categorical statement that dream is also an internal experience and not memory. Any misapprehensions caused can be removed by constant meditation or nididhyasana. This too is achieved by the study of the third chapter of Shariraka. 2. Pratibandhas, they are threefold, those pertaining to the past, future and present. Of these, the past is recollecting frequently and forcefully what had been experienced before. This obstacle can be got over by meditating upon the Saguna Brahman or Ishwara. The obstacle for future is the balance of karmas which are fructifying, prarabdha, shesha and brahmaloka icha, desire for brahmaloka. A man who has a strong desire for brahmaloka but suppresses it and practices inquiry upon the self will not have realization. But such a Brahman, such a person, reaches Brahmaloka by Vedanta Shravana and then realizes the Nirguna Brahman. Vedanta Vijnana Sudhishitataha Samyasa Yoga Yate Suddha Sattvaha Te Brahmaloke to Parantakale Paramrita Paripunchanti Sarve. The ascetics who have ascertained well the meaning of the Vedantas, who have purified their nature by the path of renunciation, they, residing in the world of Brahma, at that end of time, become one with the immortal and are liberated. The obstacles of the present are attachment to sensual object, dullness of the intellect, indulgence in improper arguments, and deep conviction of the contrary. These can be removed by practice of inner self-control. When all these obstacles cease by Shravana, etc., then Sama, Dhamma, Uparati, Titiksha, Shraddha and Samadhana are the means for the rise of knowledge. When the Ajnana is removed by the unobstructed knowledge of Brahman in the form I am Brahman, the Sanchita or accumulated karmas get destroyed and the Agami karmas have no result. Then experiencing the results of the Prarabdha karmas, the aspirant remains in the form of Akanda Ekarasa Satchidananda Brahman. The author also stresses upon the importance of dhyana or meditation. The Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita, Ananyas chintayantomam yedana paryupasate tesham nityabhyuktanam yoga kshemam vahamyam. Those persons who think of nothing else and worship me through meditation, the accession and maintenance and welfare of such ever doubt person I look after. Thus it is made clear that the Brahman realization takes place by Shravana, etc., and Moksha in the form of remaining in the Brahman is achieved. In the fourth chapter, the author discusses in detail the concept of Moksha, characteristics of Sannyasin, and yoga practices. Moksha is of two kinds <coughs> Videha Mukti, release at the fall of the body, and Jivan Mukti, release at the embodied state. Videha Mukti appears, happens when the body falls due to exhaustion or the prarabdha karmas. For the renouncer who has got realization to shravana, etc., when all appearance of signs of bondage cease, it is Jivan Mukti. There are citations about Jivan Mukti in many texts. The Bhagavad Gita says, Pradahati tatakaita khaman sarvan prata manogatan atmaneva atmanatushta sita pregnant tadochyate. When a man gives up all desires of the mind, O Partha, and himself resides in the self, then he is said to be a man of steady wisdom. Mahabharata has this to say. 
నిరాశిష మనారంభం నిర్మ నమస్కార స్థుతిం అస్థుతిం అక్షీణం క్షీణకర్మాణం తం దేవా బ్రహ్మణం విదుహు వన్ హూ హాస్ నో డిజైర్స్ నో గోల్స్ టు అచీవ్ నేదర్ బెగ్గింగ్ ఫేవర్స్ నార్ ప్రైసెస్ చేంజ్లస్ అండ్ విత్ ఆల్ ద కర్మాస్ ఎగ్జాస్టెడ్ ద గాడ్స్ నో హిమ్ అస్ అ బ్రహ్మజ్ఞాని జీవన్ముక్తి ఇస్ అచీవ్ బై ద ప్రాక్టీస్ ఆఫ్ ట్రూ నాలెడ్జ్ డెసిమేషన్ ఆఫ్ రెసిడ్యూయల్ ఇంప్రెషన్స్ వాసనక్షయ అండ్ డిస్ట్రక్షన్ ఆఫ్ మైండ్ మనోనాశ ఫార్ ద వివిధిషా సన్యాసిన్ ద ఫస్ట్ ఇస్ ఇంపార్టెంట్ వేరాస్ ఫర్ ద విద్వత్ సన్యాసిన్ ది సెకండ్ టూ ఆర్ ఇంపార్టెంట్ వన్ వే టు రెడ్యూస్ ద మలిన్ ఆర్ ఇంప్యూర్ వాసనాస్ ఆర్ మేక్ సర్టన్ దే డు నాట్ అరైజ్ వీ టు కాన్స్టెంట్లీ థింక్ ఐ ఎమ్ అన్అటాచ్డ్ అండ్ బై గివింగ్ అప్ థింకింగ్ ఆఫ్ ద వర్ల్డ్ అండ్ బై రియలైజింగ్ ద పెరిషబుల్ నేచర్ ఆఫ్ ద బాడీ దే కెన్ ఆల్సో బీ కౌంటర్డ్ బై డిస్క్రిప్షన్ డిస్క్రిమినేషన్ ఆర్ వివేక దోష దర్శన రియలైజింగ్ ద బ్లమిషెస్ ఆఫ్ థింగ్ సత్సంగ కంపెనీ ఆఫ్ గుడ్ పీపుల్ అండ్ త్యాగ గివింగ్ అప్ అటాచ్మెంట్ దస్ ద వాసనాక్షయ కెన్ బీ ప్రాక్టీస్డ్ మైండ్ ఆర్ మనస్ ఈజ్ సో కాల్డ్ బికాస్ ఇట్ థింగ్స్ ఇట్ ఈస్ కాన్స్టిట్యూటెడ్ బై ద త్రీ గుణాస్ సత్వ రజస్ అండ్ తమస్ వెన్ ద అంతఃకరణ బికమ్స్ గ్రాస్ డ్యూ టు రజో అండ్ తమో గుణాస్ ఇట్ హ్యాస్ టు బీ లెడ్ టు అ సటిల్ స్టేట్ బై కంట్రోలింగ్ ద వృత్తీస్ దిస్ ఇస్ మనోనాశ the instruments for controlling the mind a study of spiritual tech contact with realized ones and abandoning of pure vasanas the author goes on to emphasize the role of yoga abhyasa or yogic practices <clears throat> pranayama dridha abhyas uh, dridha abhyasa yukta guru duttai guru dattaya asanasana yogena pranaspando nirudyate by steadfast practice of pranayama and by the methods shown by the preceptor by yogic exercises of and food control the breath can be controlled the yoga of asana and benefits thereon have been clearly enunciated in patanjali's yoga sutra sthira sukham asanam posture is comfortable seating the practice of asana yoga is by filling two parts by food another quarter by water and leave one quarter for the moment of her. that's talking about the food you take and how your stomach should be <coughs> constituted what is yoga it is a restraint of mental modification yoga hai chitta vitta nirodha hai the mind can be controlled by practice and desirelessness the bhagavad gita says abhyasena tu kauntere vairagyena cha krishyate yet by practice and dispassion o son of kaunti it is controlled Nirodha or Seshechananda, Samprajnata Samadhi has eight practices. Among them, Yama, Niyama, Asana, Pranayama and Pratyahara are external. <coughs> Dharana, Concentration, Meditation, Dhyana and Samadhi, Absorption are internal. Yama restraints are Ahimsa, Satya, Asteya, Brahmacharya and Aparigraha. Niyamas are Saucha, Santosha, Tapaha, Swadhyaya, and vishwara pranidana pranayama in short is rechaka exhalation pruraka inhalation and kumbhaka retention of air pratyahara is withdrawal of sense or organs from object when the external means are brought under control then effort should be made to practice internal means dharana is single mindedness that is fixing the mind on any one of the muladhara and so on or on the individual self dhyana is the continuation of mental effort the flow of thought should be only towards the goal the other flow of thought is called samadhi this is again of two type 
with the thought agent and without the agent. While the former is a means to samadhi, the latter is samadhi itself. However, there are four obstacles to overcome before reaching the samadhi. They are laya, vikshepa, kashaya and rasaswada. Laya is sleep, vikshepa is thinking of the object again and again, kashaya is arresting of the mind by attachment etc. Rasaswada is relishing of the indeterminate ananda at the beginning of the samadhi state. What is the upaya? The mind in laya state should be awakened by pranayama etc. It should become tranquil without any distractions. It should not be allowed to enjoy the bliss that ensues from the state of samadhi. It should be freed from attachment. Thus, by the practice of sampragnata samadhi without obstacles and by the realization of oneness with the inner self, true knowledge arises in the mind. The true knowledge, the perception of the subtle object which is concealed beyond time, is possible by continuous practice or abhyasa. This abhyasa is practiced with enthusiasm. By controlling this also, cessation of the mind takes place. This is asapragnata samadhi. Now samadhi is gained not only through higher state of renunciation, but also to devotion to God. It is said in various texts, Ishva pranidhanatva, or by devotion to God, tasyavachakaha pranavaha, om connotes him. The meditation on the pranava must be according to what is set out in the Mandukya Upanishad, the Panchi Karana and the Vartika thereon. The worship of Ishvara is meditating on the meaning of pranava. It is said in the Manasolasa, Sakaramcha hakaramcha lope itva prayojayet, santimcha purva rupakyam tatoso pranavo bhavet. In the sentence, Soham, by dropping the sakara and the hakara, and when pronounces with the latter sound merging with the former, then the emerging sound is pranava. Therefore, by the worship of the Lord, that is, by the recitation of pranava and contemplating on its meaning, one shall surely get the blessings of the Lord and consequently success in samadhi. By the practice of samadhi, there is manonasha, and by this subtle mind, the secondary meaning of the word tvam of the Mahavakya is known directly. And by the Mahavakya, Brahma Sakshatkara happens. Thus it is clear that Jivan Mukti results from the practice of Tattvagnana to knowledge, Vasanakshaya, destruction of Vasanas, and Manonasha, decimation of the mind. Mahadeva then talks of the benefits of Jivan Mukti. They are Jnana Raksha, Tapas, Visambhada Abhava, Dukkha Nivritti, and Sukha Avirbhava. By the state of Jivan Mukti, doubts and misapprehensions are prevented. This is the first benefit known as Jnana Raksha. Tapas is concentration of the mind. Since for a Jnani there is no possibility of the rise of vrittis, the concentration of the mind can be achieved without any prodding, that is Tapas. A Jeevan Mukta's Tapas is for guiding people on the right path. A Jeevan Mukta waking up from Samadhi state does not find the censure of the wicked disturbing. This is the third benefit Visambhada Abhava. By knowledge, all misconceptions cease to exist and by the practice of yoga, all mental modes are controlled. The pains to be experienced in other world to cease by the destruction of Sanchita karmas. By the removal of jnana, there is no attachment to agami karmas. This is the fourth benefit, namely cessation of pain. When the Jeevan Mukta practices jnana yoga by the session, cessation of ajnana with its projecting powers, since there is no obstacle, the bliss of Brahman manifests in its entirety. This is the fifth benefit. 
Thus, the twofold mukti has been explained with definition, pramanas, and benefits thereof. Therefore, a jivan mukta remains as one imparted Brahman when the karmas that bind him to the body get exhausted. The scriptures say, Brahma Veda, Brahmaiva Bhavati. He who knows the Supreme Brahman becomes Roman himself. That is, it is clear that there is release of the nature of becoming one Brahman, Aham Brahmasmi, arising out of statements like Tatvamasi. The author Mahadeva concludes by paying obeisance to his Guru Swayam Prakasha, Sri Krishna, Goddess Bharati, and his various other preceptors. He says that by immersing in the ocean of bliss, he now remains the only eternal consciousness. Paramasako Samudre Tanmayoham Galita Nikila Bedas Sattva Bodhaika Rupaha. Thanks to the my thanks to the Indic Academy and Chinmaya University for giving me the opportunity. Madam, one or two just questions or doubts, whatever you call them. Under Jevan Mukti, you said that tapas means penance. Tapas means penance, you translated. If you translate penance, back translation, will you get tapas? Huh? Ah, exactly, in those texts there are many mistakes because in uh, Yogan Shasanam, Tapas is uh, Dandva Sahanam. There will be pairs of Sukhadukha, Shitoshna, etc. That is called Tapas. In Dharma Shastras, Kritcha, Atikritcha, Chandrayana, Vratas are called Tapas. Taddhi Tapas, Taddhi Tapaha. That is from Taitri Upanishad. So, better such terms are, at least by scholars like you, are left rather adapted as they are, like Dharma, etc. Uh, not to translate at all. So, that they may be explained in parentheses, etc. And for Sukha also, you said bliss. Bliss is generally used for Ananda, I don't know. Huh? So, not Sukha, etc. So, check the translation, sorry. Ah, better. Loaded with, pregnant with meaning. This is an announcement from Indic Academy. We uh, recently announced uh, uh, a fellowship for researching Tangaswami Sharma's uh, books, books in the uh, book published by Tangaswami Sharma. Whoever researches, we wanted to give a fellowship, we set aside a fund for that. Uh, Yamuna Devi's paper, which was presented, belongs to that. Uh, these are humble people, they did not apply for that fellowship. Uh, without their applying, I am announcing now that she will be taken for that fellowship. In the presence of our director. Uh, one is uh, the publication of this text by KSRA. Does it have the auto commentary also? And is the auto commentary translated? Okay, but the auto commentary is also translated? Okay, thank you. Another thing is uh, whatever uh, Mahadevananji tells in this text uh, is almost similar uh, with the. Uh, so. What would you say, in your opinion, is the uniqueness of this text? Is there any uniqueness which you find? Okay. Pratibandhas, I have not heard it in this. Is it so? Okay. Pratibandhas. The work that uh, these people are currently doing is the primary work of bringing out the book. 
there has to be a further level a further layer of research where a person has already worked on advaita vedanta and all the previous works he will bring a comparison between other works and the uniqueness of this work uh, currently their work is only manuscriptology work bringing out the manuscript yeah next it is the next level research somebody else For example, Shaival Acharya is there. He is from Ramakrishna Math uh, University. He studied Advaita Vedanta professionally, and when he does his manuscriptology work, he brings those comparisons. What are the novelties in the book and all that? Yeah. So the she is from mathematics, Vedic mathematics. So she has. Yeah, yeah. She just brought out the book. That itself is a great contribution. That's a great contribution. We thank her for that. I'm uh, Vasumati Rajaram. I did my uh, masters in RSVP, um, and um, Dr. Uh, okay, Rashtriya Sanskrit Vidya Peeth Tirupati, and uh, from, through distance education and. i started my education i should say this formal education when i was 50 so i did my phd only 5 years back <laughs> and um, that was in dakshinavartanatha critical edition and um, study of dakshinavartanatha a commentator on kalidasa's works and i took kumara sambhava for my study and uh, critical edition 13th century so today i will be talking about geeta amrita mahodadi uh, this is a book that was uh, brought out by uh, sanskrit academy um, uh, it is written by shri vishwanath shastrigal actually he was um, working in the judiciary department but he found time to study traditionally also and the book reveals his vast erudition he is absolutely conversant with so many texts and smritis and puranas and um, so he quotes everything extensively that is a very uh, special point about this book and his main aim is to tell us about how bhakti goes well with advaita to realize brahman the in, in the initial stages i should say even towards the advanced stage we do need for chitta shuddhi and everything we do need upasana and he concentrates on that aspect of um, advaita as a need to advaita this work geeta amrita mahodadi is an elaboration of the idea that bhakti is well within the purview of advaita the book is primarily based on the advaitic teachings expounded in the bhagavad gita that support this view while elaborating bhakti he explicitly emphasizes the catholicity and oneness among manifestations of brahman as shiva and vishnu so if he says we should worship shiva he will immediately bring some stotras on vishnu also and devi also so he believes that all the uh, devatas are one and the same the book is divided into five ashwasas brahmamritam pranavamritam advaitamritam jnanamritam and yogamritam 
each ashwasa indicating the means to attain the nectar of immortality though there are five chapters the author clearly acknowledges that atman is akhanda the knowledge relating to it cannot be segregated into compartments according to the author this nectar of immortality that exudes from lord krishna's mouth as bhagavad gita is milked by the upanishads through the kaf arjuna the vishaya or content of the book is atmagnyanam the adhikari to gain this nectar of immortality is the one who is free from the influence of vasanas the goal is realization of the self he mentions five types of bhranti or misconceptions and the five ashwasas deal with these the first brahma that he mentions is the belief that jiva and ishvara are different the second is that atma is sanghi the third is the conviction that atma is the doer the fourth is the notion that atma is subject to change and the final erroneous belief is that the world that stands apart from ishvara is real the realized persons having overcome these misconceptions see their own self in everything and are convinced that anything beyond the realm of the self is not real this leads to the concept of the changeless consciousness remaining everywhere and this is explained by the author by citing rasa krida as an instance krishna is seen as consciousness between thought waves represented by the gopis the presence of krishna as consciousness remains and a thought arises between moments when still consciousness reveals itself the thought wave cannot arise without the presence of consciousness the presence of consciousness is wrongly attributed as the presence of one's thought and the lord's rasa krida reinforces advaitic philosophy through it it is krishna who brings forth many forms through his yoga shakti mayi krishna brings the message of the first ashwasa brahma amritam can be summarized thus the lord as consciousness free from associations is everywhere and is the resort of all beings yo sav sarvagato deva hai chit swarupi niranjana hai dravikrita amrita amrita rasa hai aashray hai praninam hai the subtle form of the lord should be sought by the devotee this sharanagati tatva of mamekam sharanam vraja is explained in detail substantiated with quotations from the vedas and many other scriptures the author believes that it is easier for the novice to understand that there is but one god as against the teaching that everything is brahman agnyasya ardha prabuddhasya sarvam brahmeti upadeshah anartho bhavati iti sarvamit eva nasti iti aashayena bhagavan eka eva advayah iti upadishyate the world itself is a manifestation of brahman and this statement is corroborated with many quotations from vedas and upanishads so the wise see the world around them as brahman knowing it to be the effect of maya 
ದೃಶ್ಯಂ ಮಾಯೇತಿ ವಿಜ್ಞಾಯ ಮಹಾತ್ಮನಶ್ಚ ಸೂರಯ ಸದಾ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮೈವ ಪಶ್ಯಂತಿ ಪರಿತೋಪಿ ಸ್ವಮಾತ್ರತಃ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಈಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಅ ಮಿರ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಲ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ರಿಫ್ಲೆಕ್ಟೆಡ್ ದೇರ್ ಇಸ್ ಬಟ್ ಅ ರಿಫ್ಲೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಒರಿಜಿನಲ್ ದ ಸಿಂಬಾಲಿಸಮ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಇಂಟ್ರೆಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ದ ಬುಕ್ ಇಸ್ ಇಂಟರ್ಸ್ಪರ್ಸ್ಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಮೆನಿ ವ್ಯುತ್ಪತ್ತಿಸ್ ಹಿ ಗಿವ್ಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ಮೆನಿ ಟೆಕ್ನಿಕಲ್ ಟರ್ಮ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಇಂಟ್ರೆಸ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ he makes this um, i should say advaita is very um, hard and difficult to uh, um, uh, uh, learn but he makes it easier by giving many symbolism and by explaining symbolisms for example this the symbolism found in shiva tandava is also explained uh, it is used to mix, explain maya and uniqueness of brahman the damaruka in shiva's hand is the cause of maya the fingers that touch the damaruka represent kriya shakti that sets maya in motion the sound generated becomes the cause for creation the lord's abhaya mudra denotes the finite and ephemeral nature of the world the continuance of the world is assured through his jnana shakti and the agni in his other hand depicts the final destruction of the world his foot placed on the ground denotes ichha shakti which conceals truth the uplifted foot portrays the grace to be effected through parashakti the deer represents the mind the tiger skin ego consciousness is depicted by ganga and apasmara stands for illusion the emergence of kundalini which is the resurgence of one's atma shakti is expressed in his form of saraswati the different forms of his joyous dance of enlightenment are seen in the pancha in the five sabhas as the gita says agnyanena avrutam jnanam tena muhyanti the lord indicates with this form that it is foolish to believe in the reality of the world led by vasanas acquired in many previous births man continues in his vain pursuit of happiness in the world what is the means to get out of this cycle of illusion if one acquires virtues like mercy forbearance and performs the right actions with good conduct he will be turned away from these tendencies and knowledge will dawn on him after chitta shuddhi takes place if the seeker performs actions without ego and sense of doership merely as a witness then he can overpower his intellect and be endowed with a knowledge that he is beyond the three gunas desires and pairs of opposites like sorrow and happiness his actions will cease to bind him with a result uh, with a re- with results and he will realize that he is beyond death and the influence of sense organs purified in this manner he will be his natural self the, the quotation is there for you to go through this knowledge arises only through constant vichara ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾಸ್ emphasis on this aspect she quoted it om ityaksharam so 
the truth that Brahman is a mere witness and therefore Asangi is explained here by the author in this chapter. He cites Panchabrahmopanishad. He says, Brahman is only a mere witness adorned by the sound of Omkara remaining in his blissful state, drawing everyone in the web of Maya's power. He is not connected to the body or the sense organs and is in no way bound by it. He is subtle and though he is all pervasive, he seems to be within each being. So the one, leaves, the one who leaves the body meditating on this unbroken form, reciting the pranava, attains liberation. The potency of Gayatri Mantra as an aid to purification of the mind is also elucidated by the author. But it involves many technicalities which can best be explained by a competent guru. The author says that the Lord, when, um, he, when the Lord says, see my form Partha, he instructs Arjuna to see that form of the formless Lord where he pervades as the base of every other conceivable form. Understanding this, Arjuna seeks unison with him who resides in everyone. So the following verse gives the key idea of the second chapter that Gayatri Mantra and Pranava are the sustainers and originators of beings where knowledge merges with the mantra, the self becomes effulgent. Jnana Jyotishi Leenam Yati Gayatri Tat Prabhamata Gayatri Pranavascheha Lokanam Pitaraviva The third Ashwasa Advaitamritam explains that the world is but as illusory as the dream world where birth, death and movement do not exist. The yogi, by virtue of his restraint of the mind, remains unaffected by this due to his conviction that he is Atman. For, then he goes on to say, for nothing is worth, worthy of recognition as an object beyond Brahman, which is indeed everything. Maya shines forth as knowledge Knower and that which is to be known. The enlightened established the one and only Atman in Maya's place. The courages who delight in the Atman are not tainted by actions and remain in oneness after holding back the thought that the body is Atman. So as in the Gita, he also says, the author says, the intellect is driven by the mind the mind is led by the sense organs, the sense organs by objects of pleasure, and the force of desire for them remains strong. The seer, the one who hears, knows, is only one. So seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, the enlightened one remains unaffected. The author then clearly underlines the path to enlightenment by saying, devotion and meditation are the three faith, devotion and Meditation are the three means to attain this oneness. He emphasizes that the Vedas being vast, its essence can be gleaned from Smritis and Puranas, but they should be learnt as ordained by the Shrutis. Again, there are many aspects of Upasanas and Mantras which have been touched upon by the author, which can be explained only by a Guru. The fourth Ashwasa Jnanamritam elaborates the fact that the knowledge of the one and only Brahman is through the study of Vedas. The author mentions the significance of various mantras and their merger with the light of knowledge. The Gita declares, Mataha Param Nanyat, so there is only one. The unfaltering Jnani, the knower of the truth, knows his self and only his self, knowing it in the manner it should be known. It is determined through Tapasan Swadhyaya. 
The Gita indicates the importance of sattviki state of intellect. One should practice the removal of likes and dislikes, I and mine in everything. The author shows this through that this can be effected through para puja, conducted through bhavana of the mind. It is very elaborate. He has given many shlokas about how, how each uh, anga of the body should be uh, regarded in meditation. And uh, it is very enlightening also. He says, How will one who has attained knowledge of the self with the conviction that many births are taken in a manner similar to adorning many types of garments, knowing that the Atman is only a witness, non-doer, with qualities like indivisibility, immovable even as efforts to unveil ignorance are taken, constantly meditating on the self, be separated from his self. The author mentions the adoption of nine steps to acquain, uh, uh, attain equanimity. They are listening to Vedanta, leading the intellect on a path conducive to one's good, remaining steadfast in the path to realization through good company, constant practice, surrendering to a guru, practicing restraint, repeating mantras, seeing the one form of Atman in all beings through detachment and worship of devotees. The key emphasis is on the performance of ordained Nitya and Naimitika Karmas along with the study of Vedas and Vedanta, abandoning the sense of doership. The chapter also throws light on the greatness of Jeevan Muktas. The last chapter, Yoga Amritam, reiterates the significance of faith and devotion in the practice of Dhyana Yoga. He says, Raja Yoga can be undertaken only by the courageous, for it involves Dharana and Dhyana. Even then, Samadhi is the primary yoga, with other yogas being secondary. So, listening to Vedas and Vedanta and Abhyasa will nurture advancement in yoga. Bhakti yoga is recommended because of the ease with which it can be followed and Samatva can be easily understood through it. So the concept of oneness with the Brahman is not easy to comprehend for the average person, but whether it is karma, bhakti or jnana, all forms of yoga are blissful. The work has many references from Vedas and Upanishads, as I said. It is also quoted extensively from uh, Smriti and Puranas and all that. The author is erudite, and a major portion of the book is interspersed with mantras of many devatas due to his conviction that the grace of God and Guru can dispel ignorance. He insists that Sarva Dharman Parityaja does not mean the abandonment of Nitya Naimitika Karma. The Samatha towards all beings may be easier to practice. The book presents Bhakti Yoga to someone fairly conversant with Advaita. The teach, he teaches oneness of individuals and oneness of deities. It has free-flowing thoughts that cannot be compartmentalized under different headings. It is lyrical, simple, and gives interesting etymological formations, semantic discussions, and synthetic presentations. I thank Indic Academy and Chinmaya University for giving us this opportunity. Namasabhaye. I will be talking about the allegorical plays based on Advaita. The origin of Sanskrit drama is traced to the sacred Vedas. Okay. Yes. Okay. In the works of Sanskrit dramaturgy, all the varieties of Rupakas have been dealt with in all details, but nowhere specific and separate discussions on allegorical dramas have been noted. Though not notified by theorists, the allegorical dramas deserve recognition 
as a separate class of place having a number of distinctive qualities of their own. The Buddhist dramatist Ashwagosha is the first to depict allegorical figures such as Buddhi, intellect, Kirti, fame and Driti, firmness in his Shariputra Prakarana. There have been many allegorical plays in Sanskrit on Vedantic and other systems of Indian philosophy. I have just uh, listed a few. I will be dealing with the allegorical plays based on Advaita. Prabodha Chandrodaya of Krishna Mishra is the first known allegorical play that deals with the concept of Advaita. It's a profound philosophical allegory in six acts. In this play, man's ennobling himself is well brought out. Uh, the, uh, the aim and end of Viveka and his followers is to tear as under the wheel of temptation created by Maya or Avidya, illusion, destroy and overcome Mahamoha and other degrading qualities and thus finally achieve Mukti to Jiva. The last act is fully philosophical and has many Upanishadic quotations. I have given, uh, I have listed a few uh, uh, quotations which the author Krishna Mishra has used as a part of the dialogues in the drama. Following Krishna Mishra, the Bhavana Purushottama was written by Ratnaketa Srinivasa Dikshita of 15th century. It contains the combination of poetic philosophical, philosophic charm. The drama allegorizes the idea that through contemplation, Bhavana, Jiva can attain Supreme Purushottama with the help of devotion, Bhakti and Supreme Knowledge, Yoga Vidya. Anandraya Makhin, 17th to 18th century AD was a well-known uh, writer and minister in the court of Sahaji and Sarfoji, the kings of Tanjur. He has written two allegorical plays, Vidya Parinaya and Jivanandanam. The plot of Vidya Parinaya is the marriage of Jivatma, individual soul and Vidya, Vidya, spiritual knowledge. Play is an illustration of the supremacy of Shiva and Advaita philosophy. It advocates Shiva Bhakti as the only marga to attain Mukti. Since Anandraya Makin was a great scholar in Ayurveda, he wrote Jivanandanam in seven acts to bring out the principles of this science in a new form of drama in order that medical men as well as the rest who have literary tastes may understand the basic fundamentals of Ayurveda and its application. In accordance with Kalidasa's words, Sharira Madhyam Kaludharma Sadhanam, Jiva, the hero of this play, tries his level best to protect and preserve his physical health as the first step leading towards realization of peace and happiness in material and spiritual existence. In Prabodha Chandrodaya, the aim and end of Viveka and his followers is to destroy Mahamoha and finally achieve Mukti. But in Jiva Nandanam, Jiva himself, with the help of his counsel, Vijnana and Jnana, destroys the enemies such as Rajayakshma and other diseases and thus achieves perfect bodily health and as a final end attains Jivan Mukti and eternal bliss, to bliss to the, through the grace of Lord Shiva. A doctrinal dissertation has been recently published by a research scholar of our institute to the University of Madras. Sri Sundaradeva of Kashipa Gotra was a great writer on yoga. His Mukti Parinaya Nataka, as the very title indicates, is an allegorical play on Advaita theme. Uh, the manuscript in Tanjore is incomplete and end, ends abruptly with the fourth act. The descriptive catalogue of Sanskrit manuscripts Tanjur records that this work deals with the preeminence of the Advaitic conceptions of Mukti or final liberation from the samsara. This work is yet to be edited and published. Nalladhwarir of Tanjur was also a well-known author. Having been the disciple of Sri Paramashivendra and Sri Sadashiva Brahmendra, he wrote the Chittavritti Kalyana and Jeevan Mukti Kalyana, two allegorical plays on Advaita Advaitic team as also the Advaitic treatise called Advaita Rasamanjani. 
Chitravati Kalyana has been mentioned by the author in his Jeevan Mukti Kalyana. No other detail about the, this uh, uh, Nataka is available. Jeevan Mukti Kalyana in five acts deals with the marriage of King Jeeva and Jeevan Mukti. The author presents the concepts of Advaita such as the nature of the three states, Jagrat, Swapna and Sushupti, Jagan Mitya and Maya. According to tradition, Naladwarin wrote this play after observing the liberated state of his teacher, Sri Sadashiva Brahmendra. Naladwarin's skill in handling the story is to be appreciated. The play ends with the usual Bharatavakya invoking the blessings of realized souls. I've uh, mentioned the verse here. This echoes Shankara's words in his Viveka Chudamani, Shanta, Mahanta, Nivasanti, Santaha, Vasantavat, Lokahitam, Charantaha, Tirnaswayam, Bhima Bhavarvam, Janan, uh, janan Ahetunan, Anyanapi, Tarayantaha. It is to the credit of Dr. V. Raghavan, one of the greatest Sanskrit scholars of international repute in the 20th century, that he was able to produce an allegorical play with deep Vedantic ideas through a prahasana, where laughter is the predominant sentiment. His Vimukti, liberation, in two acts, gives a vivid picture of the soul, Atmanatha, caught in the samsara, trying to escape from the bondages created by his wife, Trivarnini, Prakriti, and his six sons, representing mind and the five sense organs. Dr. V. Raghavan, in his book, The Number of Rasas, gives a list of allegorical plays produced in different parts of the country to propagate the several schools of philosophical and religious thought. A few other plays that are based on Advaita are mentioned by him as listed below. Purusha, uh, Purna Purushartha Chandrodaya, an allegorical drama based on Advaita, like the Prabodha Chandrodaya, represents the union of Ananda Pakkovalli with King Dashasva. The various systems of thought of the Charvakas, Jainas, Baudas, Kapalikas and followers of Kumarila are introduced as demons who are vanquished by the King Dashasva. The author of this uh, Nataka is Jatavedas. Two manuscripts of this uh, Nataka are available in the GOML library. Then Swatma Prakasha Nataka by Sundara Shastrin of Polaham village. I just got the details that is the tech, uh, Nataka based on Advaita which has been printed at uh, Chidambaram. Uh, sorry, I couldn't uh, get the copy of the uh, Nataka. Then uh, Linga Durbeda Nataka, allegorical representation of various doctrines and the superiority of Advaita over them. Then Swanuputi Nataka by Ananta Pandita, son of, uh, son of Trayambaka Pandita. These are the, only this much details I could uh, get. Though not recognized by the theorists, the allegorical dramas deserve recognition as a separate class of plays having a number of distinct qualities. Through them, India's dramatic talents have made a special contribution in the field of Sanskrit dramatic literature. The allegorical plays on Advaitic theme have been quite useful for conveying the concepts of Advaita through visual medium to the masses. By such presentation, the great authors have been able to put difficult Vedantic ideas in a simple style and they have contributed much in propagating these ideas to all of us down to the present age. It is hoped that the modern scholars too would try to propagate the Vedantic principles through such devices in a lucid form for the common man to understand. Thank you. I'm going to talk on a lesser known work on Advaita Vedanta. And the book that I chose is uh, Advaita Makaranda. As the name suggests, it's a very, very attractive name. It's a very short treatise of just 27 verses, very profound yet poetic. It is a text for Marana that removes the doubts regarding the Premeya Asambhavana. 
this book helps in bringing greater lucidity and clarity to all the students of vedanta it is written by a scholar called shri lakshmi dharakavi whose name appears in the last verse of the book he says lakshmi dharakave sukti sharadam bhoja samrutah two of his other works are amrita tarangini a commentary on shrimad bhagavatam and bhagavan nama kaumri <coughs> a work glorifying the lord's name shri lakshmi dhara was a court poet of king baj bahadur of kurumachal pradesh this was author's purvashrama name later he became a sanyasi and was known as krishnendra saraswati i will not go into the details of his date uh, i have given some evidence to prove the date but i'll just tell you that uh, there are references which date the author lakshmi dara to the early 15th century now vedantic scriptures declare that man can attain lasting peace only in the state of moksha for a mumukshu shastra vichara is essential and according to the maitreyi brahmanam of brahmadarinaka upanishad scripture enquiry combines in itself shravanam mananam and nididhyasanam atmavare drashtavya shrotavya mantavya nididhyasitavya and manana granthas are meant for clearing certain recurring doubts so there are several manana granthas in vedanta shastra and advaita makaranda is one of them which establishes the mahavakya tattvam aham brahmasmi so what i found in this text was instead of going step by step to reach the mahavakyam they straight away start from mahavakyam and then it, uh, the writer wants to clear the doubts the doubts which are anticipated by him one by one so what are the logics he provides all those details are there <laughs> okay okay so the poet calls advaita brahma as makaranda just as honey is sweet and energizing so is the teaching of advaita makaranda is found in these upanishad flower like verses and each verse is like a lotus with sacred thoughts emanating from them conveying the message of oneness it is a source from which the scholar bees can pick up the non dual brahman honey to enjoy the everlasting happiness now it is our tradition to start the any work with a mangala charana lakshmidara starts his work with salutations to his ishta devata there itself he shows his innovative uh, talent and he says he success is uh, for the successful completion of his work without any obstructions he uh, suggests the name of krishna along with his guru's name anantananda was lakshmidara's guru the author has used a single compound anantananda krishnaya indicating that there is a little difference between the guru and the ishvara he offers his salutations to krishna who is infinite bliss bliss ananta ananda and an embodiment of auspiciousness mangala murti he prays to guru the ishvara for knowledge and he says by a mere side glance krishna can dry up this ocean of delusion of devotees who surrender unto him kataksha kiranachanta naman mohabdhaye namaha 
and uh, then he establishes jivatma paramatma aikyam he says aham all simple very simple sentences he says aham asmi sada bhami kadachinna aham apriya he says uh, the everyone likes himself the best i am never disliked by myself at any time at any place under any condition i am ever liked by me in extreme pain and suffering it appears as though one hates himself but what he actually hates are the circumstances and situations that give him unhappiness for example a person who commits suicide loves himself so much that in order to rid himself of the pain and sorrow he decides to end his life vedanta says atma sarvada priyatamaha yajnavelkya tells the same thing to maitreyi atmanastu kamaya sarvam priyam bhavati whether it is a criminal okay and then all those uh, he says uh, i don't seek all those objects which are not meant for me i don't seek i seek nahi preyaha they are not meant for me and all those which are meant for me i seek but they are not intrinsically uh, dear in itself madartham na svatah priyam so uh, he proves i am ananda ahameva sukham and instead of asking aham brahmasmi he says uh, by the end of the text one should be able to ask atoham na katham brahma sachidananda lakshana so that is what is uh, very unique about this text and then he uh, he proves uh, satyam jnanam anantam brahma asmi then he says i cannot be touched with all the three uh, types of nasha nirnimitta nasha anyanimitta nasha etc <coughs> and the same idea is expressed by uh, bhagavad gita in bhagavad gita the lord says achodyoyam adhakyoyam akledyo shoshyevacha nitya sarvagata sthanu achaloyam sanatana the same concept he says in a very unique way <coughs> then a next interesting sentence is bhasannidher vina bhanam na bhavati the eyes are able to perceive any object only when the light falls on it eyes can never see any object if it doesn't have prakasha sambandha so knowledge is not possible without any chaitanya sambandha uh, since i am asked to <laughs> cut short i will just uh, tell so <coughs> so that is what when i saw the title of the book i thought i should read yes. <laughs> so i will <coughs> it used to be a modern book actually yeah i will just uh, conclude and say the two beautiful uh, imagery that he gives the poet gives two beautiful and inspiring analogies that tell us what pure consciousness is like one of the two similes used here is a painting on a plain white wall a picture of tranquility in the midst of ever surging bustle of activity the all knowing consciousness is a picture of calm stable reassurance the bubbles and waves in the ocean are not different but a part of the water the rise and fall of these waves and bubbles does not affect the ocean or water i am like the water and creation is like bubbles rising in the ocean the whole world is nama and rupa superimposed on me and because of the rise and fall of the creation nothing will happen to me 
I am an ocean of immortality, ever changeless, indestructible, Amritabdhi. I am Nirvikara. I don't know which. Okay, since uh, I'll just cut short and tell the end part. In the final world, the glory of the text in the words of the poet is uh, just uh, marvelous. He says, through a beautiful metaphor he express, expresses, he visualizes all these 26 verses as beautiful autumnal lotus flowers. Sukti Sharadam Bhoja. Rich in nectar after the monsoonal rains and heat of summer. From these lotuses in the form of the sacred words, one can extract a special honey or makaranda, the Advaita makaranda, which can be called, in my opinion, as Advitiya makaranda. Honeybees alone have the capacity to extract the makaranda from the flowers. Others can only enjoy the beauty of the flowers. Similarly, this text is not intended for all, but for special honeybees like you people with a special qualified intellect and a thirst for the self-knowledge. Others may enjoy the ananda of chanting the verses, but if one has to extract the makaranda, he requires the sadhana chatushtaya sampanna sukshma buddhi. Finally, the great Kavi extends an invitation to all the learned ones, sadhakas, spiritual seekers, to come and drink to their heart's content from the hive of the honey, of the nectar of Advaita that he has prepared for them in this book. The Kavi says, until the knowledge dawns, go on drinking. Advaita makarandoyam vidvad bhringaihi nipiyatam. To conclude, I would like to say that by the Kataksha Kirana of my Gurus, I have made a humble effort to write and share my thoughts on Advaita Makaranda in the assembly of Vidvat Bhringa. Thank you very much, ma'am. Uh, this was a very interesting work. Uh, we are sorry that we could not give you the full time. Professor Penna Madhusudan is going to give the last presentation. Asmat Guru Bhyo Namaha. This only information, no paper, so don't be scared. And uh, there are two statements in Taitri Upanishad, Annam Brahmeti Vejanat, Anando Brahmeti Vejanat. And in such situation, definitely you prefer the first one, Annam Brahmeti Vejanat. I know that. So that's why not taking much of your time. I'm just, uh, I would like to give some information on some uh, less known texts of Advaita. At the same time, few Advaita uh, exponents from Maharashtra also. So the tradition they wanted to carry on. So just some information, few minutes. So first thing is, Advaita Samrajya, there was a text published. Uh, actually that was uh, in un unpublished manuscript form in Nagpur. So I procured a manuscript and I edited and long back I published also. But actually while studying the text, I could uh, uh, get some important points, the way they have dealt with the Advaita polemics especially. Because the long tradition, like uh, Chitsukacharya, Harshavardha, uh, Sri Harsha, then Madhusudan Saraswati. So, the rich tradition was uh, actually not properly continued later. So, some of the Advaita exponents, they felt the need of connecting these and uh, filling the lacunae. And thus, these uh, texts were uh, created. So, one of such texts is Advaita Samrajya. Sri Krishnananda Saraswati of Benares, 
and unfortunately as in the case of other exponents so during that particular period there were so many sri krishna and the saraswatis in banaras like narayan tirtha narayan bhikshu narayan yati so like that narayan indra saraswati similarly sri krishna and the uh, sri krishna this uh, tir, tir, so there were so many scholars with the same name but this sri krishna and the saraswati he wrote that particular book in banaras and it is not divided in chapters but when you go through the text you find that it is in champu style so there is gadya there is padya also and it's very interesting because the way he deals with several topics of advaita cardinal doctors is very interesting because he takes primarily the sankhya visishta advaita and dvaita and only few points he uh, takes for discussion and while bringing out the important point from the sankhya philosophy he says the first thing that your proposition that prakriti is the prime cause of universe is wrong because prakriti he cannot be the cause as long as it is prakriti and the moment it is the kartri when you, when you say that it has modified itself into mahat etc it is no more prakriti because that samyavastha is gone so samyavastha if you prefer that satvarajas tamasam samyavastha prakriti then it cannot be the cause and when you say the mahat etc are modified the parinama then it is not the prakriti the guna only so one that is not possible he says similarly visishta advaita he says sukshma chitachit visishta or sthula chitachit visishta so he says that visishtatva that will get into the other two that means chit sthula sukshmatva achital so sthula sukshmatva then when chit gets the sthulatva sukshmatva then it cannot be chit because avinashiva arayayamatma anuchiti dharma that ucheda is sthulatva sukshmatva cannot be attributed to chit also but your compound the way you have expounded whether it is vedartha sangraha or any other text but the way you have given the terms sthula chitachit visishta sukshma chitachit visishta so there is a problem with that similarly he says the the, the way tattvamasi atattvamasi or tasyatvamasi so this vigraha that goes against the popular maxim of uh, mimamsa shastra that is nishada sthapati nyaya so he says that the karma dharaya it's very clear and you say tasyatvamasi or atattvamasi so that goes against the grammar and as well as uh, the mimamsa shastra so these are not acceptable so that way he has given a very interesting beautiful work in the form of advaita samrajya similarly we have advaita chintamani written by uh, rangoji bhatta father of kaundabhatta kaundabhatta is known for his magnum opus bhushana sara bhushana sara and uh, vyakarana shastra and uh, he has written the, his father he wrote a book on this advaita advaita chintamani and um, one of my students worked on that and got amphil awarded also now it is being published so this way some uh, unknown less known advaita text are bring brought into light and now the other part of the uh, my uh, in this providing information this part so other part is in maharashtra see most of the uh, uh, great saints uh, saints like gyaneshwar uh, maharaj tukaram namdev so they all preferred marathi though in amrutanubhava gyaneshwar maharaj had written few verses in sanskrit but later he switched on shifted to marathi bhasha only so most of these texts are in marathi language but their understanding their realization is of high stature so the problem is most of the advaita students and researchers 
they depend on sanskrit text and they they are actually deprived of the benefit of this so uh, one scholar uh, gulabrao maharaj gulabrao maharaj he belonged to a peasant family farmer's family and at the age of uh, when he was just 9 months old he lost his sight and uh, he lived only 34 years in the body mortal world 34 years but he had produced 160 books 160 works in vrajbhasha hindi bhasha sanskrit marathi and he commented on darwin's theory spencer hume and uh, he actually had discussion with uh, the bhatkande regarding music he wrote on uh, advai uh, ayurveda also that is uh, manas ayurveda bishagindra shachi prabha so he had written profusely on all subjects very interesting and especially uh, coming to the vedanta he says see all these madhusudan saraswati chitsukhacharya and all these have written uh, volumes on advaita but few points uh, he felt are missing so he says especially where do you accommodate the avatara that is the problem because your brahma is nirguna and the jagat is mithya then where do you put the avatara in the mithya world or in the nirguna but it is saguna and for that he takes inspiration from gyaneshwar maharaj in gyaneshwari somewhere he says very clearly that he avatara sagala jayach samudrachiye kallola ani vishwahe mrugajala jaya rashmistava dise very beautifully Uh, expounded by gyaneshwar maharaj he says that the avatara belong to a different category and vishwa belongs to a different category for vishwam he has given the uh, simile like uh, vishwahe mrugajala that mrugajala that is mirage so he has given this but avatara he has given the example of the waves rising from the ocean so they belong to that only but for some time they appear similarly the avatara should be put in different category and this avatara concept is very beautiful and for that he says in the 13th chapter gyaneshwar maharaj says ti manun yaga shruti dvaita bhave advaiti nirupanachi vahati vatakeli so in the form of dvaita only it tries to put advaita and that path it has created and that he says and says see an advaita siddhi in one of the commentaries there is anadhyaste pyalike nirupanam okay but that anadhyasta is missing and he takes the term and this gulabrao maharaj of uh, this century just 1915 he disappeared but uh, he had uh, uh, contributed a great concept anadhyasta vivarta though it is vivarta viparitena visheshana va vartate iti vivarta but this is anadhyasta he says because there is no adhyasta in avatara so all avatara he has put in the that category anadhyasta vivarta and he says the deva devudu parivara kije koruni dongara taisa bhakti cha vyavahar kana vava so he says in that particular avatara if anybody prefers to have bhakti don't deny because bhakti has its own role like he says you take a stone and from that stone only you make deva devata mandir parivara everything you make from that and similarly from one brahman if we create all the avatara and we worship what wrong is there he questions and gyaneshwari sentence he quotes from that and his contribution is immense and really uh, significant contribution i feel so i felt and i requested my one of my gurus and guru putra also so sir kindly 
permitted me to present this. This is only information and you can study all his works. Uh, now available on website also, Gulab Rao Maharaj. Website is available. And our Vijay Bhatkar sir, he belongs to that tradition. And it is really very, very inspiring tradition. With these words, I conclude. Thank you. Thank you very much because always I have the problem. Gulab Rao Maharaj. My problem is last few minutes are given to me, especially lunch. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Professor Penna, such a great scholar, uh, versatile Sanskrit scholar and Vedanta scholar. We have given him very small amount of time. He is a poet. Uh, he is a, a multifaceted uh, Sanskrit scholar of a very high stature. Uh, but we are so sorry that we could not give you sufficient time. Uh, but the points that you have made are really, really useful. Uh, everyone is inspired and invigorated by your presentation. But we had to cut short because all these scholars have already booked their tickets. Professor Penna's uh, ticket is booked for tomorrow's morning. We cannot give him a session uh, tomorrow. And all these scholars are leaving this evening. Uh, so we had to cut short. Please excuse us for that. But this session was really, really useful. Everyone has contributed new points. Thank you very much.